What's up, my beautiful girls and wise men listening? Today, we have a special episode with a guest co-host who is changing the world. Make sure you tune in. Let's talk about it. Hey, y'all. It's your girl, Jay Marie. Thank you so much for watching and listening to Girl Talk with Jay Marie. And yes, y'all, it's Girl Talk, but a wise man is listening. And today, look at that. I have a wise man in the building. <laughs> How y'all doing out there? How y'all doing? Say what's up to my guest co-host for today. Please tell them your name. Say hi to my people. My name is Apollo White. How y'all doing today? I'll be Miss Jen's guest today. Ooh, I get to be called Miss Jen. What y'all know about that? Look at the respect. Mm-hmm. So I feel like you already know where this is going. We have someone here who's able to go straight into this conversation that we have today's episode is all about letting your life change someone else's. And that is why I have my guest co-host today because I truly think he has been a life changer for so many people. So I just want to tell you, thank you so much for changing my life and listening and watching Girl Talk with Jay Marie. Make sure that you continue to subscribe, like, share, comment, let us know your opinion on this episode, but also tell us what you've been doing. How do you help change this world? Now that we have Apollo here, and I'm cheating because I'm moving my chair away, but now that we have Apollo here, we're going to get straight into this thing. Um, I want him to share, first of all, what it is that he does okay. so that people can understand why I chose you for a person who is out here changing lives to come on Girl Talk with Jay Marie. Okay, I'm a coach and a teacher. I have coaches all I coach at all three levels, taught at all three levels, which is elementary, middle school, high school, and been doing it for about eleven years, I would say. So it's been a great journey just impacting lives, changing, helping kids change their lives, giving them better opportunities to succeed, be just good people in society, people in the community and help them start a family, whether they're good fathers or whether they yes. or they just be good role models, just be a good Good citizen in society, basically. And I love that you said a good citizen in society because one of the things, my one of my brothers is also a, a football coach, and that was exactly what one of the head coaches there talked about. It's just when people are coaches, a lot of times they, you may or may not make it to the NFL. The percentage of making it to the NFL is very, very small. Yeah. Yeah. But it's about making good citizens in exactly. in this society. Yeah, please. You cut. No, because I talk too much, y'all. So he knows. I'm like, you. You gonna have to jump in there. Get in there, please. I just wanted to cut off just for a quick second. I know this saying probably been heard amongst a lot of athletes, but this is probably one of the most truest sayings or comments I've heard in my life. A coach once told me when I was younger, Mm -hmm. "Football is gonna. You're gonna want football as long as football gonna want you." Ooh, wait. Say it again slower so they can hear it in the back. You're going to want football longer than football is going to want you. You are going to want football yeah. longer than football is going to want or you. Any sport. Or, and I'm glad he said any sport because that was literally my next thing. Right, right. Is I like me, I coach track and field. Mm-hmm. And he also coaches track and field and basketball. Um, and what happens is you find yourself as an athlete because we, we were both athletes and right. stellar athletes at right. that. So it's like Yes, of course you're great at all these sports, but you're going to have a different desire to be this athlete. And sometimes right. it might not work out for you. But like myself, I was able to go to school from playing, running track and field, playing football. He was able to go to school. Everybody's life is different. So you got to remember it's bigger than just the sport. Right. And that's why we have him here today. So those of you who are parents, those of you who are coaches or teachers, Please continue to check in on this because I want to talk to you about how you're changing the lives of those around you. Uh, the first thing I'm going to just bring up to you and I'm going to ask you is why do you coach kids and just y'all about to find this out right now when you actually are not a parent yet? What's your reason for coaching uh, kids when you have yet to have your own children? That's a good question. Actually, um, had a, a speaker that come out of school not too long ago. He told his story about uh, how he how he uh, experienced uh, he was experienced upon a coach. It was somebody he was admiring as a young age, mm-hmm. and, and he was saying uh, he his father was never in his life, so he didn't have a father figure growing up. They had his coach, mm-hmm. so he said his coach took him out to this, to this amusement, amusement park one day, and um, a bunch of other kids to this music park, and they just met the coach. So I guess it was a beginner AU team, so they didn't know the coaches yet. But he said 
he he, he told them to huddle up around each other and they he, they huddle up and they say, now nah. he said the coach said, now nah, I'm gonna ask you what's all y'all names? And he was saying they started telling the whole circle of kids started tell tell the coaches their names and he was laughing why every kid every kid was saying their name because he was like he said they were the kid like why are you laughing and why you saying like he said I'm gonna tell you like this guys I'm not gonna remember any of y'all names but 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 today you can all call me dad oh my god so so and then he said he said the coach began to uh, touch his shoulder, right? He touched his shoulder. He said, one, th one, two, three, say thank you, Dad, because he, he gave him a little money to go do, do whatever. You know. So they gave him money. He gave him food and everything they had in their hands. He said, well, can I get a group hug from everybody? So right when he began to do the group hug, that kid didn't have that dad in his life, he bust, he just let out, he just bust out and started crying. Oh. And that kind of touched me as far as a coach that don't have any kids yet. I say, that's some one of those stories that can keep me going as a coach and, and like to change somebody's lives and just be that far farther figure with whether they're one day or numerous days. At least mm -hmm. I made that kid feel like he could call somebody dad that day and then it just made him feel some type of way like he had that father figure in his life at that, at that point. Oh, life, so. that is such a hard, well, like heartwarming yeah, it, uh, it story. And, and because you say that, like, I'm gonna before I ask this next question, like. Just and obviously this is not a scientific number. I mean, based on your experience in working with children, because you have worked with um, elementary, middle school, and high school, which right. is that significant age group where people may or may not have their fathers at right. home. What would you say is like a rough percentage off the top of your head where you work with kids who do not have a father who is able to come and support them at their games? Just a rough percentage of what you probably work with. Uh, I would say. Because I work with basically predominantly black African American kids, so mm -hmm. I would say probably only twenty to thirty percent of the kids I work with have fathers at, at the house, actually in the home. But they have fathers, but they're not present. You're not gonna be able to come yeah. to like every game. Every game, yeah. So some, yeah, this is low. Oh, yeah, it's a low percentage. And see, it's so important to understand this because if you just think about that, it's like three out of every ten. Kids right, right, have a father and a mother. 30%, 30%. You know, I say both, but maybe it's just a daddy right, that's right. able to come to the game. Because I say that, and obviously I'm a feminist. Anybody that watches Girl Talk with Jay Marie, I know I believe we can do everything. But for the most part, men are the ones who are intrigued by sports. A lot of times, men are the ones who want to go to the games, who care about what their right, son right, is doing, right. who want to see how their daughter, how their daughter is doing. In this sport, because it's big, it's a big deal to them. A lot of times, the mothers they know, and or maybe they don't know, but they don't really—they're not as involved. So it's such a big deal for our men to be present. It's right. such a big deal. So a person like you who is out here being a quote-unquote father figure to people who don't have like that father at home, I'm sure sometimes it's got to be like a challenge for you. Like, have you ever had, like, a child who maybe might act a certain, like, maybe you see kids act out. How do you handle those kids who struggle because they don't have a daddy at home and you know that's part of what's going on with them? I come at kids and the kids that have that type of problems, I come in when they acting out and, and I know it's probably something going on at home. The reason why they're acting out, mm -hmm. I just put them to the side simply say, hey, football can really get you out your situation. So don't make just the kind of situation you live in, don't make this the, your destination. Your destination where you're going. Now where you're at now. Woo! So the way, Woo! The way Everybody you, catch that in the back. Your situation is, I mean, no, your destination is where you're going. Okay? Ooh. Yeah, it's yeah. not where you are. Your situation is where you are right now. It's not where you're going. It's right. Your destination Sorry. Right. Keep going. That's a message for anybody, even if you are not an athlete. Mm -hmm. Catch it in your spirit. Yeah, exactly. It's exactly what she said. And I, and I, I referenced a kid I coached that's playing for the Dallas Cowboys now, Donovan Wilson. I coached him in high school in Shreveport. So when I get those type of kids, I know got the ability to do something, go to the next level. Mm -hmm. I put them to the side and say, I coach kids who have been in the league. So I don't think it's just, you can't make it. It's impossible. You just got to put your mind to it and go for, go forward. Just don't ever let nothing hold you back, especially attitude and grades. Mm -hmm. You got to be coachable. Oh, this is so coachable. good. Being coachable. Okay, 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 okay. So I'm going to keep going because I don't want to miss my question line of questioning so that I can touch on everything that I thought about. For those who have children, for those who are coaches and or teachers, or people who are leaders in their community, these are things that I really want you to hear from because he not only is like a coach 
as as well as a teacher, but he's also worked and been an athlete under some of the best athletes that have ever played the game. And we'll get into that a little bit later. But this next question that I want to ask you is, what is like, let's just say, your biggest challenge that you've experienced as an athletic, uh, I mean, as a coach, as a teacher, either one. I would like to know what the best biggest challenge is and how it's overcoming. Biggest challenge, I would say, as a coach, um, I would say it's probably around back when I was first starting coaching. Mm -hmm. It was a challenge of making young black athletes, boys, believe that getting nutrition. Sometimes I had to realize this at an early age, at my early coaching years, that sometimes a kid's not going to listen to you unless he trusts you and he knows that you mm -hmm. love him first. So they don't believe that they you you love them or they they can trust you yet. It's gonna be hard to teach them and coach them. Coach, coaching is teaching, so that's basically that's, how, that's how so it good. Yeah. Building the trust and relationships, relationships and the rapport that yeah, you build with these uh, children. It it reminds me of this saying where people don't care what you know until they know that you care. Yeah, you know what you care. Yes, that Perfect literally is what that kind of like reminds me of as far as the saying goes. Um, and so when you've had those opportunities where you found yourself being a little more challenged because the kids might not be giving you what you, you know, mm -hmm. expect from them or mm -hmm. what you think they have, what they're capable of because mm -hmm. they don't, you know, trust you yet. They kind of don't know. They just, yeah. So. And people probably don't let them. Like, exactly. you, you know, they get this abandonment, I would say, this abandonment um, wound is what I'm going to use. A lot of times that's what our young black men, um, our young black kids are dealing with because either their, children, their parents are going, you know, they might have separated or maybe they're in jail and incarcerated. So they don't believe that certain people care about them. And that's what I've learned working with kids a lot is like they struggle with believing that you're going to be around. Right. So that's one of the biggest things that I would say. Um, I would I would love to hear what would you say to parents who who they want their children to be like a great, what you talked about earlier, and this was literally a question before he told me, but what would you say to parents who want their kids to be this this positive influence in the world, this, this citizen in the community that people can count on? Like, what would you say to them? How can they train their child up so that when they arrive to school, when they arrive to the new team that they're playing on, that mm -hmm. they're better athletes and or students and or people what what do you recommend um as a coach you know teacher? okay as a coach i would recommend teacher also i recommend this um just relate to your kids before they even start school or start a team that first of all you have to listen to the coach be respectful be respectful i'm sorry be respectful and be disciplined so those three things are going to let you alone let you let the coach know that you're a coachable player and that's going to start you mm -hmm. off with the right foot whether it's a teacher in the classroom uh, coach on the playing field. So, so what if they're struggling at home? Because I love what mm -hmm. you said. I mm -hmm. get it. I mm -hmm. really understand. We want the kids to be respectful. Right. We want them to be a, a coachable person. Mm -hmm. We want them to be a good, disciplined person. Mm -hmm. But the problem is, based on what I've experienced mm -hmm. as a as a as a mentor, as a coach, a lot of times their parents either they don't they either miss that discipline place or like they don't have the time to do that right. so like give them like a quick one two three if they're ripping and running the streets or if they work non-stop or if they don't have a hands-on with their kids all the time what are specific logical things that they can do to show like oh boom this is what i do to like this is something that'll help your kid get in alignment with what they should be doing when they're coming around another adult that mm -hmm. that is not with them every day mm -hmm. at home what are some things they can do at home? At home, I would say sit them down, just talk to them about life situations, experience yeah. that that parent has been through, mm -hmm. and give them some examples that some friends they've know growing up that they've seen they can relate to what they're going through and what how they can change it around if it's going a certain way that they don't want to go. So that's one thing I would do because I got a lot of experiences for us. I can tell a child right now that's heading the wrong direction that I feel heading the wrong direction because the attitude, whether it be grades or just yes. in the streets. Like I had a friend and I was like more of my experiences when I had a friend that was younger. We was younger, we was probably, I say, junior high age. And um, he was just going down the wrong route. He never changed. Uh, a couple people probably heard him down and trying to get him to change from 
from the route he was going in life and school and getting he dropped he dropped out of school actually because he just didn't want to do well and get his grades and start just living the street life. So the street life led him to getting into an altercation or a situation where he had a gun on him, he shot somebody. And he in jail for life. And to this day, whenever he asking for some money on Facebook, guess what? I gotta get it to him. I feel like even though it wasn't my fault this situation happened to him, I feel like I was growing up with him, I know him and because my friend, I saw what happened. I saw he just couldn't yeah. change, whether it be mental, mental health, or just was just. <gasps> I'm just saying, yeah, we didn't. No, know. that's important yeah, to say yeah, though. Yeah. And he, as we asked the question earlier about what are some things that people can do, you brought up sit down, talk to them about real life situations, mm -hmm. explain to them things that you've right, experienced right. with your friends and people that you love. Mm -hmm. He touched on something else, whether he knew it or not, right now, and that was the mental health. Right. A lot of times, especially what I'm seeing right now in 2020, 22, 22. Yeah, 2022, 22. right, our babies, they might need counseling. Right. And see, the funny thing about this, Apollo, is that, and I'm not saying your parents, because I don't know, but I know like with my parents and their grand, and my grandparents, it was not common to talk about mental health. Like, it wasn't a thing to say, oh, I'm about to go to therapy. Like, no one wanted to admit that someone needed therapy. And we have to normalize sessions and family therapy and talking about things that might make somebody uncomfortable. And there's so many different organizations now that promote mental health. So I'm encouraging you as we talk about these things that you can do to improve your child's um, just who they are as a citizen in the world, who they are as an athlete, who they are as a student, please take advantage of the places where they pay for your child to have free health, right. mental health. Right. Like, it's not always about your physical being. We have incredible right. athletes, y'all. Right. So many men and women that can excel. <laughs> They're like exceptional. Right. Right. Some of these kids that come in and walk, the, walk anybody in a lot right. of sports, but then if they're struggling mentally, it's harder for coaches like Apollo and myself to get through to them and help them get to the place that we know they're capable of being because they have not been able to express whatever that is that they're struggling with internally. So that's that's kind of one of the bigger things that I'll just add as a point too, and that is please check the mental health of our children. Like, even if it's just letting you might think it's right. I get it. And that's your child. And because I don't have a child, I can't tell you what to necessarily do. But as a leader in the community, as someone who serves children, fervent, like this is my thing. This is what God called me to do. I'm asking you, help them get help. Help them. Because in reality, this keeps them from going to jail later. This keeps them from hurting somebody. It keeps them from out the streets and being in jail. Please, please give them a fighting chance, especially when you know they might be dealing with something that's a little bit overwhelming. Is there anything else you would like to add with a tip for parents that, that they could do at home to help the kids with what they may or may not be struggling with? Uh, I would say quality times. It's, if that, if that kid is, is they you feel like they have a gift in any type of thing, whether it's sports, um, drawing, art, anything, pain, anything they might love and join. Spend that time with them, and while you spend that time with them, talk to them about life lessons, those things that they need to stay encouraged with and stay positive with. So, oh, I love that so much. QT, it's yeah, a love language. Time. Yeah, spend time. It's a love language, y'all. So, if you know about the love languages in romantic relationships, it's no different when you're talking about a child. They're still human. And quality time is imperative. I know we're working hard. I admire you for what you're doing. I know you're working hard. Figure out, set up a specific day, a specific hour that you promise your baby that you're going to be there for them. Because it will change their lives. And we're going to keep going because y'all know I talk too much. And I'm going to keep going. I don't want to mess this up. All right. So, another thing. That was so good. Thank you so much for all of that. Um, okay. A fun thing before we get into our next big thing with Coach Apollo. <laughs> Teacher, Mr. White. Uh, what's your most memorable moments? Coaching or teaching? What would you say mm. in, a, in, a, in a good memory? What's your most memorable moment? Um, teaching, I would say when certain kids come to you, whether they a problem child, they just a good kid, they say, especially good kids, they do it all the time. They come and say, 
especially I've been getting this a lot because I'm in a different area. So I wasn't getting this a lot in my predominantly black school, but I realized that other races, they'll come up to you at the end of class and say, thank you for thank you for teaching me, coach. Thank you for teaching me. That's why I'm like, I never, it's kind of shocking. I never got there before. I'm like, they just appreciate the teaching of just having a teacher that's teaching them and help them just succeed in whatever they're trying to do in life, whether it's in class or whatever. So I just, it kind of touched me and they, and they kind of do it every day. I'm kind of used to it now, but when it first was going on, when it was first done a couple I trips, love that. Like, wow, I ain't never had it before, so. That made you feel warm inside. Yes, yes. Cause so that's another note. And he didn't say it, but I'll say it because I'm not a teacher. I'm a coach. And I appreciate when kids are thankful. Not even that I asked for, but like our end of the season parties, mm -hmm. I got so many amazing gifts. But one thing that he said that y'all didn't hear as parents that you could teach your children, gratitude. Right. Like as adults, we should know about right, gratitude. Right, right. But something, we know our teachers don't get paid enough. We won't even get into that this time. <laughs> I mean, we don't have to talk about that. We know that is bad. Okay? Pay our teachers the maximum, in my opinion. We'll talk about that later in another <laughs> episode. But one thing we can say is gratitude goes so right. far. Mm -hmm. It goes a long way. And it's something that is so undermined. Like, we do not... Even with each other, like saying and appreciating one another. So please teach your babies gratitude because these kind of stories, this is what keeps our teachers going. I have a few other friends, a very few number of friends who are teachers who took the time to learn, to be educated and to get their degree in education. So they're able to go out and teach your children and teach them about just saying thank you. It's not that hard to do. Like, it literally is the smallest thing that makes the biggest impact. It's one of those things. So, I love that. I love that story. And I'll share something that I saw you post. And I don't know if I told you this or not. But I'm going to share it. Because uh, it was one of my most memorable moments for you. And this is one of the things that wanted to have me bring you on to the show. Um, it was such an incredible story. Uh, you shared just a little snippet. But, like, in my mind, I made a whole movie out of it. Because y'all know how I am. Um... He basically shared a, a, a thank you text that he received. I believe it was from a parent. Oh, yeah, from a parent, yeah. Just picking a kid up. Yeah. Oh, my God. Picking up and dropping So, tell the story, and I'll get out of this conversation. Okay, it was a, a parent that wasn't able to uh, pick up and drop their kid off for summer workouts, mm -hmm. which I was uh, coaching back in um, Louisiana. So, I was, he would ask me um, one day, just text me, Coach, could you drop, well, pick such and such off and drop them off? I said, sure, no problem. Uh, I always tell kids, if, if I got a ride, if I'm driving, you got a ride. So, of course, you know, I tell the parents that. So, and it, it turned in for one day or two days. It's like <laughs> the whole no, summer. <laughs> <laughs> the whole summer. It'd be like, like that, too. If I you know, yeah, yeah, you know. Yeah. You know. Yeah. I didn't mind at all. And then by, by probably the, I guess, second or third week, he realized, like, oh, I, I, I was going to be in a bind trying to. Pick him up or find somebody to pick him up and on time and not having weight on me. So I, I'm glad Coach did it. So he sent me a text what she saw and I, it, it touched me. I was part feel He just like appreciates for all you do for for the kids and especially my son with, with allow, allowing him to not wait on me and, and pick him up and bring him, pick him up from his actually his house and bring him back to the house after practice. So it kind of touched him and he was putting put a message right after that that he was. Supply me lunch and buy some food. Yeah, I wouldn't take it. Yeah, I wouldn't take it. And I told this him, makes me emotional. Yeah, I just told him, oh, just just you saying thank you, God. Just just you saying you appreciate me. For, yeah, just appreciate that's me. Exactly I said, that's, I said you don't got to buy me nothing. Send me no cash up. I'm, I'm I'm just fine. Just just coaching coaching kid and just happy that that I can. I'm saying be a help to you whenever you need it. So. It just warms my heart. You don't hear enough about it. And those stories and those parents who stop and say thank you and coaches like you who decide mm -hmm. to say, you know, I can help. It's just, oh my God, it gets me emotional. But it also, like, I just, I love it so much. Nobody can understand. We'll get into the scripture later because y'all know I like to connect y'all to everything that we talk about connected to a scripture because the word of God is real. So we're going to get into this next point. Um, which is my other favorite segment when I have a guest on. And it's a woo -woo, quiz time with Jay Marie. <laughs> so let's get into the quiz, y'all. Because we're talking to a coach. Y'all know I had to bring it to sports. It's so fun because I get to do a pop quiz with Jay Marie. And this one is all about sports. I am ex I'm expecting him because he's a big time sports guy. 
And the big time HBCU do, so I mixed a little bit of HBCU up oh, in this. Oh. You know, I gotta represent for the G. <laughs> whoop, whoop. Um, I'm expecting him to get some of these right. So, if you know the answers, please put them in the comments. Here's his first question. Mr. White, in 1993, mm. were you alive? Yes, I were. I was <laughs> oh, seven years old. Yeah, seven years old. Seven. Yeah. Seven years old. Mm -hmm. In 1993, what NFL team made off-season trades for mm. Joe Montana Ooh. and Marcus Allen? Uh, Joe and Number one, was it Beatty Feathers? Number two, 
Was it Steve Van Bruyn? Number three, was it Joe Perry? And number four, exactly, nobody knows none of that. Was it Jim Brown? On, other than Jim Brown, other than I would be my grandpa classmate. <laughs> <laughs> and I literally gave him a question about somebody who was like your grandpa. My age. grandpa was born in like 1910. The first player. I mean, so I'm, it had to be a throwback person. I only know Joe Brown. But it's probably not him because the other night look more ancient, seem more ancient. So, see, this is how I broke it down, yeah. too. I did the same thing. Jim Brown was the only player I knew, and we mm -hmm. knew it wasn't him. Yeah. So, I'll give you that much. Yeah, it's, it ain't him. 75 it's one of them unknown names. Or one of them you not. got three people, to, and then they will go in. Don't take all day because you don't I'm know. I'm not going to take all day. I'm going to get this lowered. Come on, bring who? Beanie Feathers, Steve mm -hmm. Van Bruyn, or Joe Perry. Uh, just cause his name B, don't say him. He got a right shot. <laughs> <laughs> he beat him. Just cause he beat him. Yeah, beat him. 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 Which means he was averaging like 8.9 yards to carry y'all. So just know the man got it right. Good job. Guess this is why you guessed right. Guess this is why you guessed right. Okay, I got two more questions. Oh, well, I think I'm 100% right. right. You so far, you're good. The first, One of the questions, I feel like we should get 90%, but we'll give you that. Careful, yeah, I knew it. Because you were second guessing yourself. Yeah. Don't second guess yourself, y'all. <laughs> okay, keep going. I'm going to know who gets these right. All right. What? This is such a good question. I was so excited when I saw this as a trivia question. Shout out to the internet for giving me these questions because you guys are the job. <laughs> All right. What Motown singer tried out for the Detroit Lions? This is such a hard question. In 1970, was it A, Marvin Gaye, B, Lionel Richie, C, Smokey Robinson, or D, Stevie Wonder? Now we know who it was. Child to Stevie, but we know Stevie without that child. <laughs> okay, I got out my seat. I need to sit down. He is crazy. For those who are listening on the all the other sites, I stood up and ran um, because that's really funny. Mm -hmm. <laughs> he we said we know who it was. Yeah, that's was gonna be out there running Legend by Steven. faith, yeah. not by sight. Right. By okay, that's nice. okay. okay um, Jennifer, that was so mean. Okay. Yeah, I mean, but it was yeah. Shout out to Stevie. Oh, Stevie, we love legend, you. Legend, love Stevie. You a legend, and Stevie, you did some funny stuff on Saturday Night Live, so we know you about <laughs> to joke. Okay, let's go. So we know that Stevie Wonder. Okay. We got Smokey Robinson. Smokey, okay. Lionel Smokey. Richie and Marvin Gaye. Who do you think was tough enough to play football? Marvin. I don't see Marvin Gaye doing it, even though not dealing with toughness, but he more of a lower. Let me see. Lionel Richie. He was he had like a little physique, little size. Trying to pull a league in the panel? Detroit Lions. Detroit Lions? Oh, who was in Detroit then? Correct. That's okay, hold on. Marvin Gaye is in Cali. Was in Kevin, I know, and all. Uh, so it's our Lionel and Smokey. Look at Smokey and look at Lionel. I'm trying to think. Do you I, think anybody that will play football? I don't remember they was. I think Lionel had a little. Today, look at Smokey. Smokey Robinson is a pretty boy. Yeah, well, he's a pretty. Was it? It boy. wasn't Marvin Gaye, was it? I'm not answering the oh, question. Oh, man. I thought Marvin said in Cali. He said Detroit, right? Even though he probably he's still trying Motown music. So that's why I say like, what Motown singer. All of, all, of Motown, Motown, Detroit. Right? all of these are Motown people. All of Motown, okay. And Motown is in Detroit. Motown, Detroit. So they at some point was there. At some point before they moved, okay. Ah, man, it's tough. I'm, it is tough. I'm going to give you questions for sure. Three answers, you know for sure. We, uh, this is a 45-minute show. <laughs> since I, I love... Since, 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 since I listen to Marvin Gaye more than any of those, I'm going to go with Marvin Gaye, even though I don't see it. I need him to walk with me everywhere that I go in life. It was Marvin Gaye. It was Marvin Gaye. Oh, man. <laughs> oh, if he man. only knew the power of his strength, when he sticks with his right instinct, yeah. Marvin Gaye That's how they the most. That's tried out in 1971. Yeah. He tried out and he didn't make it, obviously. But he tried out and, you know, what's going on? He yeah. was trying out for the team and he used some of the football players from the team in the background. Oh, wow. What's going oh, the video? on? What's going on? Oh, the video? Of that song. Wow. That's, that's so that's he brought them in, which I think is incredible because I was watching Travis Kelsey and his brother Jason Kelsey's Travis. podcast. And 
Jason Kelsey just did a Christmas um, album oh, wow. for fun with some players from his team from, okay. from, from Philly. And they could sing. And he was sharing about how well they could sing. Mm -hmm. So I thought this question was so interesting because Marvin Gaye brought those people to do the background singing on mm -hmm. one of the biggest songs, which as you just said, how much you love Marvin Gaye. Mm -hmm. And you nailed it. That's why I listen Weirdly to enough, he's gotten four right with his contradicting mm -hmm. self. He don't want to answer. Is he believing himself? But then he'd be like, ugh. Let's see if he sticks with his answer here. Tough questions. Now we're going to HBCU. Okay, now, now you on my head. Now, now you speak my language. <laughs> now we speak his language. I feel like everybody knows this if you ever went to an HBCU, so you should definitely get this with no hesitation. At quarterback, Steve, quote-unquote, Air McNair, led the Tennessee Titans to the 1999 Super Bowl. What College did Steve McNair attend? Was it A? GS! GS Grambling. Was it B? Alcorn. C, Florida AM, or D, Bethune Cookman? Okay. Is it Alcorn or Alcorn? You know, <laughs> you know the Alcorn, they're, they're correct, you know what I'm saying, right? I know there's one of them, but yeah. That's good. Yeah. I love it. And yes, the correct answer is B, Alcorn. Steve McNair is an Alcorn alumni. Shout out to HBCUs, even though he wasn't smart enough to go to Have you ever been Alcorn before? No. Campus. You need to visit. It's, Do you like it? It's, it's nice attraction. It's, it's, really? <laughs> but no, nah, but no, nah, they, they, they campus is, everybody know everybody joke with Alcorn fans, like they, they really are campus in the middle of, like, nowhere. Like, it was the woods, they just moved. Is it not, like, as much as I love my alumni, we kind of located in the middle of nowhere. Yeah, we are, but they, we on our 20, they kind of, like, in the, the... Oh, you know what? One way in, one way out. It's, oh, it's, cool, I'm cool. No, like, I won't visit that. Shout out to Alcorn, though. Love shout you. Shout out to you because you are HBCU and Stephen McNair graduated and represented you all so well, as we just heard. But I'm good. And I don't like one way in one way, Ooh, especially in the talk. south. Nice people, great people, great tailgate when I'm with. Great people, but I ain't no saying. The south is tricky. We'll get yeah. into that after this. Yeah. But like the south is tricky when it comes to black colleges. It's great to be in the black college environment, but after the lights go down, Louisiana, Mississippi, it's like race is still a huge thing in the south. I'm in LA where it's not common for you to have to deal with racism or dealing with like. I mean, you, obviously you deal with it, but it's not the same level as you deal with it out here. So I'm, mm -mm, I'm good. And shout out to myself, though. I love y'all. I really do. I just don't. Love y'all, corn. No shade. I just had to. We ain't so shade. She, I know she still go today. She, she ain't never been. I just want to let her know that she did. I did out. go to Mississippi though, and we had a whole situation that was bad. I was performing in the stage play when I was in Grambling. It was a whole situation. It was tricky. Long story short, don't want to go back. Okay, cool. Um, last question. Oh, last one? I'm just having fun. I'm just getting fun. You having fun because you're getting them all right. Now you having fun because you realize you're smart. <laughs> uh, no, but this is a big one. Mm. Could be hard. Could be hard. I want to know who gets this right. Mm. If you knew this before Apollo says the answer or I tell you the answer, you got a thousand points. Oof. Which black emphasis on blackity, 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 black. <laughs> Which black NFL quarterback was the lowest paid quarterback that led his team to Super Bowl 22 in 1988? I'm going to give you another year, too. With the Washington Redskins. You could have gave me a hard one. Don't you That's how I like to end yeah. it. All the motherfuckers were so hard that if you don't get this right yeah. with the quickness, we all leaving them out of here. The legendary. The legendary. A lot of people don't know this, but this they his nickname. That they call him. He got actually his nickname on Instagram. Mm -hmm. The legendary Bayou Bullet, Doug Williams. Oh, his nickname was the Bayou Bullet. Call, yeah, they call it. He actually, I think, his Instagram. I love it. Yeah. Doug Williams, coach. Mr. Coach Doug Williams. Actually, got, I actually got coach. a chance to coach up under him. Uh, and when I was in grad school. And that and was my next question. Yes, yes. Which college did he coach at later in life? Grammar State University. The Grammar State University. For all those who are looking for HBCU yep. to attend, yep. it would be that one. Shout out to Dion, but we recommend that folks go to Grammar State University. Can I stop right here? Oh, no, we got to talk about it. I you think, got to work yeah, with Doug to, Williams. I, I need to. you to elaborate on how that experience 
It's yeah. so, I got to meet him while he worked at Grammy a right, couple right, of times, right. and I loved him. Cool right. as a fan. Right. But as an athlete, as a football player, for those who are listening who are athletes, coaches, what was it like working for like an MVP, Super Bowl MVP? Like, it, it, it was an amazing, amazing experience because I got to learn not only the, the football side of things, but also the business side of how he carried himself. He carried himself in a... NFL type style of how he managed his program. Even when he was coaching the Grammys. Even when he was coaching, with the way he held his means and the way he had everything organized and structured, it was around not just being HBCU good, but he wanted to be a, a that wanted to grab be the extra level type good. Dion's doing a great, mm, he's a doing great. Dion's doing a great job, and he had it. They were on the same page. Yeah, they had an NFL type mindset as well. Mm-hmm. So they had. I think coaches that that's played the highest level, uh, they're, they're the coaches that probably can relate to the players the most for is that trust. We'll go back to what we said about trust. Mm-hmm. Players know they they played the highest level, and, and they'll probably have more open eyes and ears to those who have done it at the highest level. So shout out to them. Them actually, Doug being the first celebrity coach in sure HBCU football, other than the great Ed Robinson, but for his players that played in the NFL. I think Doug Wing was the first famous. He was. It ain't no thing. It ain't no thing. No, no shade of Dion, but Dion was a he the greatest. Dion the greatest, but one of the absolute best football players that ever played football to come to HBCU and coach and get hit and pour back in. Also, one of the most trendy to do it because, like we just Doug didn't have social media. I was just about to bring that up. Not just social media, even the media, because what we were just talking about, and I want to tap into this a little bit because. Doug Williams was the first mm-hmm. black quarterback mm-hmm. to win the Super Bowl MVP. Right, right. But also for Super him to be in the Super Bowl to lead a team to the Super Bowl. There's only been three, and I need everybody to understand this because when I did my little research on this, mm-hmm. let's talk about it. Because Doug, let, the last person to do it was my quarterback, which is Patrick Mahomes. And I have to say this as much as I love the Chiefs and Patrick Mahomes. Patrick Mahomes is biracial, too. So we're talking about a very fair-skinned man versus a Doug Williams who was getting paid $120,000. Okay? That's the money that we're giving him. This little sprinkle. They sprinkled some cash on him. And he led his team to the Super Bowl still. And so to think that he comes back to the HBCU college um, and gives back to the young men, Mm -hmm. um, that to me is admirable, but then he turns around and makes it to where he's able to work in the front office of the Washington Redskins, yes, if I'm not mistaken. Right. Just moved up. Yes. Mm-hmm. Doug Williams did so much, and I love Dion, and I know Dion would go on to do great things, but I think we need to think about like the foundation and, and even the the person who established this first route. Like he was one of the first to ever do it. Mm-hmm. What would like a, a practice be? Would you say his practices are different from like the coaches who weren't in the NFL that you worked under, or did he work you all differently? What did your experience? What was that like? Uh, very detailed. Very detailed. He he wanted everything to be um, on a court, on a court. He, he didn't he actually time time. He was big on time. He had to be everywhere on time, and nobody late. He always had to say if you if you on time, you late. You early, you on time. So yeah, he was very That's very no detailed. Uh, I learned a lot from him just being my first experience, first year experience as a coach. So I learned a lot from him and. Actually, I want to tell this funny story. I always tell tell my my close friends. Um, I got a glimpse of. I used to actually like when I was I was a grad assistant for 2011 uh, championship year. The year he came back, actually that was his second stint. He had won three championships from 2000, 2001, 2002, and came back in 2011. When his son came to play cornerback DJ. Actually, Doug was yeah he he coached his. DNA ain't the first one to coach his son at quarterback either. It was Doug, it was DJ and Doug. So. Wait, when you were running? Yes, 2011, his son DJ came. He was a freshman, and he he transferred when Doug came to coach. Yes, and came back. So yeah, I, I had yes. no idea. Yeah, yeah, and um, my story I was gonna say is I used to be the, I was a grad assistant. So my one of my job responsibilities was my coaching responsibility was. To, Gonna type out the practice schedule. And Wait, you said you were the grad, grad assistant. assistant. Yeah, that's that's when you were in the graduate program. You get to be assistant coach up on the position coach. Oh wow! Grad assistant, none paid, but it's one of. I didn't even know that it's like an internship. Yeah, I got yeah intern because I was doing it for also my intern that year too. The graduate. And while Doug was still here. Yes, that was Doug first year. So yeah, I got a chance to do that. But yeah, I was doing my duties every day, typing the um. I didn't even know that y'all. Mm-hmm, typing the practice schedule every day and um. 
putting the practice schedule up under the coach's desk, probably around an hour, 30 minutes before practice. I have the schedule done. I put them up under they, on their door, slide up on their door. So when they open their door, they walk in and see. They just pick it up. They probably go on lunch or something before our 4 o'clock practice. But long story short, for some reason, you know, Doug offers at the at the kind of in front, you want to say, behind the, <laughs> behind the uh, security, not security, behind the secretary desk. But mm -hmm. for some reason, I forgot to put the practice schedule up on the <laughs> door. I'm like, and when I got on the field, I'm gonna say I always everybody have a schedule. Every coach have a schedule, every practice. But some reason, somehow, somehow I forgot to put Coach Doug we practice schedule up on his door. He'll let me see this. So I came on the field and not thinking, you know, so I'm just doing my regular duties chores on the field. And he was like, oh, Coach, Coach White, Pablo. He probably called him Pablo. You know, he really, he, he knew me since I was a child. Pablo, what, 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 my, what my schedule is? What, what my first schedule is like? I ain't put one on your door? No, I ain't get one today. Like, I, I never missed it. I ain't never missing. No, I ain't get one today. Oh, my bad. I thought I was, I, I, I probably, I probably, I, I, I must have, it must have slipped my mind. I must have got to slide up on yours. Dang, that's, that's, that's messed up. I, I, I tried to throw some on top. Dang, that's messed up, Coach. Oh, he said, no, nah, that ain't messed up. That's. <laughs> and that's, that's been something been on my just a laugh fest for years, man. He, even though in the times of bad times, he always finds a way just to make a joke about it and just let it pass. That is so Cause he funny. know I yeah, he know I never missed he know I never missed him before. I'm missing that day, y'all. Yo, I love that story. He said it ain't messed so up. Good. He said he said that's ah. That's <laughs> <laughs> oh man, I can live with that every day. He he. he he, he and others, he's a he's a great person and great yeah. role model with Coach Abundant and I learned a lot from him. And I, to this day, I if I need a reference, I know I can go to Coach Doug and and he'll he'll give me that reference I need and just just help me get a job. I need a job. You can get on the and, 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 and I love that you said that because that's the other part of going back to whose life can you make a difference in? How can you change somebody else's life? Back to the topic, yeah. and it's like. I remember when we got to meet him when I was at Grambling and he would be at the games with us. Like he literally, right, right. I get it today. It's like Patrick Mahomes, in my opinion. It's like Patrick Mahomes sitting with you in the stands at the basketball game, supporting the game. Like we are so super, uh, uh celebrity in, in like, in trance. We're mm -hmm. like, oh my God, it's such a big deal. This person's a celebrity. Right. He was a real celebrity. Right. Like the right. first black quarterback right. to ever do so many things. Yeah. And black athlete for that matter. And it was much harder for him than it is for so many other athletes today. But he was here amongst us in, in at Grand. And I'm sure maybe Dion is like this at Jackson State. Oh yeah. Oh, yeah. And people are very comfortable with him. But I need to bring that up because so many people think they have this status in this elite, elite uh, status that they have where maybe you don't feel like you can like you know mingle or talk to or express yourself or help those who are under you but this is what it's about to use what God has blessed you with to be a blessing to somebody else and again I share just nothing but great sentiment about uh, Doug Williams and I love your stories that you got to share with us about that and um, yeah we're going to keep going because that was one of my favorite things to hear I'm super excited about that I just want to encourage you guys as you already know every episode we want you to support black businesses this week we are supporting the black business which are nonprofits. you know I appreciate those too um, in particular uh, the black nonprofit that I serve with uh, Rock Air hello uh, Rock Air nonprofit, which you know is in Watts California we service the children out there who we teach them the arts. We're teaching them everything about the arts, whether we're putting on a production, whether we are teaching them how to audition, putting them in movies. Some of our kids are going to be in a movie that's coming out this Christmas. I'm so excited because I was able to help them get cast uh, in a movie this Christmas, and I'm looking forward to you guys seeing that. But this is a place that you can donate, you can sew into. You know that it's going back to the community itself, and you're sewing into a community that is serving those who are less fortunate who are in at-risk situations where we are genuinely helping them get out of what they're in to do things what we just talked about make it to a college get to a place where they can use their skill set to take them to a different place in their livelihood and also in their communities so please check out rock air you see the information below it's going to be a great thing i promise you that now the next thing i like to do one of my other favorite segments is girl okay. 
Talk about it. Uh, Girl Talk About It segment is very important because this is why I tell you something that you should already know. Mm. This particular topic, it's deep, it's heavy. We've had so much fun on this episode before we close it out, but I just want to talk about this one last thing, which is heavy on my heart, uh, but it is something that you should hear about and you should be looking into and knowing facts before you just say anything. And it's about um, Takeoff, who was a part of the Migos, the third of the Migos, uh, who was actually killed on November 1st, very, very early in the morning um, in Houston, Texas. He was shot by gunfire and lost his life. And so I bring that up because I love to have my guest co-hosts input their uh, two cents. Yes, this is just our two cents, but maybe you'll get something from me. Um, in this situation, uh, this is this this messed me up. I was I was heartbroken. Uh, we did our prayer on the spot, which is what we'll end the show with. Um, our monthly thirty minute prayer was that morning, and I woke up that morning and was pulling up our live stream because we do it live. And I was pulling up the live stream on Instagram, and the first thing I saw was takeoff was uh, murdered. Uh, in Houston, Texas, shot. I mean, I say murder because it's murder. It's murder. And we need to call it what it is. So hopefully people are held accountable for what they do to people. Um, and I was just, I was, I was shocked. And not that I was a takeoff fan. I was a Migos, somewhat of a Migos fan. I won't say fan. That's a strong word. But I love their music and I appreciate it. And I was just working with Quavo on a show by maybe two weeks before this happened and takeoff was actually supposed to be the guest that day and when i saw it it just literally brought me to tears like i was sad like i cried right away and it was hard because i'm just like why we keep doing this y'all it was like why we keep doing this so i mean just any input that you had any thoughts that you had about what happened how it happened I would love to hear, I mean, for those who don't know what happened, like I said, he was shot, there was an altercation that was taking place, a little mini fight, and then gunfire shot out, like, right away. Like, they didn't even give it a chance to, like, right. fight first. Right. It's like, as soon as a punch, two punches were thrown, people started fighting right after that. I mean, shooting right after that. What's wrong with us? Okay, I want to start off by, like you start off saying, when you find out, when I found out, I woke up in the morning, um, I usually get my phone, just press and see, you see my notifications come up with updates, and I see um, takeoff, shot dead, dice game or something. I'm like, what? Mm-hmm. Takeoff? I'm like, Miko's takeoff? I'm like, is that another up-and-coming rap, rapper? Or who would be, like, would takeoff be the dice game getting shot at? Like, is he that, they they walking around, they lose without security. But anyway, long story short, I was... Looking at, I started reading stories, and I saw, okay, that's the Migos take. I'm okay, like, start reading stories. Like, he kept on saying, Dice Gang, Dice Gang. I'm like, there's something else behind it. Then, like she said, other stories came out about what's going on and what happened. So, I'm going to say this. There's a lot of stories. Yeah, a lot of stories. So We're I, taping yeah. this. Wednesday, prior to any news coming out. So you guys will see this probably on Sunday or Monday. And we know that the stories are going to change. Just in one day. Yeah, a lot has changed since it first happened. But Mm -hmm. yeah, I was like, I was reading the stories. I'm like, uh, the only thing I had most of the the top thing I had to say about the situation is when our race is different. I made a post about this. Our race is different. So we, we got a lot of jealousy and envy amongst our race when somebody reaches a certain point in life where they too get too rich or famous for people's eyes and you get that that group of people who can't take it and wanna wanna do something to 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 take their lives. So it's kinda like our race is so different that we gotta move in a different way. Like the things we used to do when we didn't have that much money, we can't do when we get to a certain point in life cause you're not the same as those people you hang around with and going to the dice game with or going these places with. Like, if you're not heavy security, where your security now, I, I mean, people laughing. Mayweather, how you walk around with, about to go in the front, side, back. But guess what? He know the value of his life and what he he got he got to stay alive. So no matter he if he think people coming for him and out of being jealous, what they gonna kill him? He he's he's secure. He he know he paying these guys, armed guys around him to, to keep his life safe and in, in alive. So. I think we just gotta. We get, Migos is one of the best groups I think I've seen. In the last, yeah, like, and, and once you, they've been around for eleven years. Yeah, once you at the top of the game, you can't move in a in a. I want to say it this way: you can't move in a normal type of guy move. Like you can't have a movement where you're in a spot where certain certain guys that just don't. Not gonna care about enough about you to. You know what I'm saying? Stand to cherish your life, cherish your to life, respect like, your life, 
to yeah. appreciate what status you are on right now. Like it shouldn't be that it shouldn't be that easy to get, get to him like that. And get it to shouldn't that group, be that get to easy for you to take yeah. nobody's life. Yeah, it should. So, yeah. uh, uh, and tagging on to what you're saying, it pisses me off because we gotta understand how to value another person's life. Right, right. As right. black people, I don't care about nobody else right now. Like I'm talking about us. Even if he was in the hoodest of the hoodest of the hoodest of the hoodest, he could have been in the gutter of L.A. He could have been in the gutter of Houston. He could have been in the gutter of Louisiana. Because every place got a hood where everybody's like, you shouldn't go there. Yeah. But in reality, we know that these are people who came from the hood, mm -hmm. made it out, made a name for themselves, changed their lives. Yeah. Out of respect to me, we should appreciate it enough to not... Put them in a situation where their lives have to be jeopardized. 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 Thank mm -hmm. you. Thank yeah. you. Because in reality, all of us, hopefully, will make it out of where we came from and went somewhere higher. And I would hate for somebody to take me backwards because of my status. Mm -hmm. I don't give a damn what level of success I've met. I still want to be able to go back to Kansas City and build. Yeah. Right. I don't care what level of success I'm at. I still want to go back to Louisiana and build. I literally have this on my list of things to do. But if I can't trust that I won't die in my neighborhoods that I came from, why should I? Like, and that's all I'm saying. Not that he was going back to build, but it's just about black people supporting black people being successful. Right. Right. Respect the game. Respect the hustle. Respect the grind. Like, all of us have to come from the, started from the bottom now. We hear, we love singing all the damn songs. Grinding, grinding, grinding. We love all them damn songs. Right. Every day I'm hustling. We love to say that. We love it. But we don't mean it because when you see somebody that did that, that wasn't coming from silver spoons. Mm -hmm. You would think you would respect the life of that person just a little bit differently. That's what pisses me off the most. Right. And also the fact that it's another black man who didn't see 30. 28 years old. 28 years old. Done. We literally got to do better. And I, we'll hear it a hundred times. I'm going to say it a hundred and one times. This is 102. The last thing we're going to close with as we end this session, and it's so amazing because I love this episode. Thank you so much um, for coming on the show today because I really appreciate people like you who are selfless, who give back. And y'all know prayer is my prayer ministry. We pray together. I give you scripture. I want you to understand the power of God and the word of God. It's important because if you use the word of God, your prayers are heard. Your prayers are answered. God is not a man that he shall lie. Make sure you follow so we can keep you in tune. Today's prayer in the spot scripture that connects us to this particular topic where we're talking about how your life can change the life of someone else's. It comes from Matthew 20 and 28. And it says, just as the son of man did not come to be served, but to be served. I said it wrong. I just gotta <laughs> let me say it wrong. Just as the son of man did not come to be served, but to serve and to give his life as a ransom for many. The Lord didn't come to be served. I'm gonna summarize this for those who can't hear it correctly. He came to serve everybody else and to serve his life as a ransom for Everybody, from many other people, as we already know, thank you, Lord Jesus, for what you've done. That's what this is all about. This life that you've been given, Apollo, this life that I've been given, this don't got nothing to do with us. I have said this a million times, my blood, my face is blue. All this don't mean nothing. It's about what are we doing for somebody else. Right. It feels good to be pissed off when somebody doesn't do something that makes you happy. Or if your day going on is going to work is bad. Or if you was out helping, I was serving these kids, or I was coaching right. these kids, and this happened. It don't mean none of that. Everybody's purpose is some way to help others in their purpose. Whatever your purpose is, part of your purpose is probably reach down and grab somebody, help somebody. Else. It ain't nothing about you. Right. It is all about what he just said. It ain't even a chance yep, that it's about you. I promise you that. But I'm going to tell you why it ain't. Because what life would that be like? Just literally think about it. If all I'm doing is living, da -da -da -da, God woke me up today. It's all about me. So when I die, then everything in earth ends. Right. That's the most simplified way I can put it. 
He came so that his life would be a ransom to many, so that he could save many people. He came so that he could serve many people. He did not come so that you could bow down to him. He wanted to show you what service was all about. Not only by serving others, by helping others, by healing others, but by literally giving his life for everybody else. That's what the Lord Jesus did. So I'm here to tell you that if he can do that, then what is it that you're capable of doing? What is it that you should be doing? The least you can do. Coach, mentor, teach. If it's in you, do it. If it isn't in you, Prep your children to be prepared to move into the hands of those who do that. And it's such a big deal. So I just want to say thank you. Thank you, Mary. Thank you so much for being here. Thank you for what you're doing in the community and multiple communities because now you're in a whole different state and changing lives. And I want to say thank you to everybody else. The teachers, oh my God. Y'all will never understand. Lord willing, he financially blesses me in ways to give back to my teachers. I will. My nonprofit to serve my kids, like Right Air, like like uh, Vince and um, 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 his nonprofit organization, which is literally super my mind, which is weird. Uh, but the bottom line is, I love you guys. I appreciate what you're doing for our country, for our communities. And uh, make sure that if you're still alive, you have the opportunity to create your own happy ending. So get to writing. Get to writing, y'all. You're still here. Let's get it done. Make it happen. And make sure you subscribe, like, share, comment, follow, follow. You see all his information here. Make sure you check him out. Follow what he has going on in the communities. And if you have any questions about football, basketball, track and field, right? Right. All three sports. All three. All three sports. Definitely very, very different reference. Appreciate y'all. Love you so much. Hey.